Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. And now a word from our sponsors. Yes, we got sponsors. First up, Foo Wax. The best wax in the game. This stuff is so sticky and grippy, you'll never slip off your stick again. Ever. Ever. Again. So go to your local surf shop. And, and make sure they carry it. And if they don't, demand it. Demand it. You'll be stoked. Try it out. Our next sponsor, Bonsai Bowls. Oh. I know a lot of our listeners have, have had one of these. And if they haven't, they're going to now. They're missing out. They're missing out. It's a healthy, delicious, amazing, fresh acai bowl with tons of fruit and organic like ingredients. They've got five locations in Southern California. From Huntington to San Clemente and all in between. Two in Hawaii. Two in Hawaii for that, those on the North Shore. And, um, you know, come support these guys. They have amazing Asahi bowls and they support the West Coast board riders and a lot of the surf events up and down the coast. And they've made it a lot easier With, to get them. They've got their own app now. That's right. Go to your app store and download Bonsai Bowl app and you can pre-order, pre-pay and just go pick up. Cut cut through the line. And for our listeners of the Late Night with Chalky podcast, you're going to get 15 off your next bowl. A 15% discount off yes. Bonsai Bowls. That's insane. Um, so make sure to mention the Late Night with Chalky podcast and you get 15% off That's at right. Bonsai Bowls. And one of our other favorite restaurants, oh, Caliente, Caliente OC. Caliente Southwest.com. They offer healthy Mexican style food with local uh, organic ingredients. Family owned. Family owned. Their phone number is 949-515-0909. And our listeners get 15% off there as well. Yeah. So mention Late Night with Chalky Podcast and get 15% off at Caliente OC. And both these guys are great at catering events. So you could use them for a shop event, corporate event, birthday event, wedding, all of the above. They love to party. And last but not least, we are super stoked to welcome Olo Clip as a new sponsor of the Late Night with Chalky podcast. What is Oloclip? Uh, they make the original mobile lens system for your phone. So these can make clips that hold the lenses, the cases that are designed to make it really easy to get the clip on the phone. So check them out at oloclip.com. And for all the Late Night with Chalky podcast listeners, they get 10% off. Uh, that's, that's huge. Huge. So at checkout, the code is SURF10, that's S-U-R-F, the number 10, and you get 10% off Oloclip. And you guys got to check check out our Instagram. We're going to be posting pictures with these wide, in, wide lens uh, angles, uh, fish eye, all kinds of cool like photo options with your phone. And for you uh, rich dudes out there, like late night, they do make cl- uh, <laughs> lenses for iPhone 11s. What? What? Epic. Thank you, sponsors. Thank you. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. 
Yeah, welcome, you guys. We got an awesome guest this week. He's an Aussie. He's a super stylish powerhouse surfer that dominated magazines and Billabong surf movies. Um, and he's a big bloke and an awesome dude. Welcome, Margo, Brendan, Margo, Margison. Thank you. Ew. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, boys. Thanks for having me, Chucky. Thanks, Jay. Stoked to be a part of it. Dude, cool. um... I think you are probably the original free surfer. No? Um, <laughs> I think I was. Like, well, you know, there's obviously a lot before me, but I think I was one of the first guys recognized and actually got paid to go surfing. Yeah, so, man. Uh, part of the career for, um, you know, free surfers. Yeah. Getting, getting paid is the key part because there's lots of free surfers. Everybody claims to be a free surfer, but, you know, getting that paycheck and doing it, hats off to you, buddy. Well, very lucky. So, so Brendan, Margo, we're going to start at the beginning like we always do. So tell us how you got into yeah. surfing. Yeah. Uh, surfing was just a natural progression, I guess, since my dad was a surfer. Um, he moved from Sydney to Byron Bay. Like fortunate enough for me when I was five years old, and he just dragged me in the water. Um, yeah, so from a very early age, I was at the beach, you know, got on a bodyboard, then all of a sudden I was on a surfboard. And there was where, where I grew up, Byron, there was always, no matter what wind direction was blowing, there was somewhere to surf. So me and my friends from school, we just, uh, after school, it was just always somewhere to surf in town, and yeah, yeah, just how, wanted it at a very early age. How old were you? You think like six, seven? Ah, uh, look, yeah, I think when I was about eight or nine, I was like, I surfed for a little bit. I could stand up. Um, you know, I was in the swimming club, so I was always in the water. I was in the yeah. local surf club, so I was very beach orientated at a very early age. Yeah, but. After I started surfing, I went into a bodyboard for a year and a half. What? <laughs> because, like, well, yeah, because I just wanted to pull in to close out barrels. I just wanted to get barreled. I was like, Ooh. were you were you pretty big kid then too? Like, were you a big kid? I was a tall guy at a very early age. Yeah. Um, sort of caught up to me after that. But yeah, I'm right on six foot. I'm tall, but I think like you guys like Geordie Smiths and no, I don't. I think oh, there's a bunch of guys there that that are yeah. super tall. Like, yeah. make me look yeah. short. Yeah. So you're six foot. Yeah, right yeah. on six foot. Cool. Because, I mean, throughout the years, but you look like you were six five, six six. Everyone thinks that. So. Yeah, everyone. It's funny. When I meet everybody, they're like, oh, I thought you were taller. Like, and I was like, oh, really? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. So, yeah. was your, you let the circle do the talking. Was your dad <laughs> a, a, a ripper or was he like um, – a recre recreational surfer? Or was he, he was a recreational surfer. Okay. He, um, he was he's just very good. He had a beautiful style and he had a dig. He charged, but he was just um, surfed a lot of it. Yeah. Um, as, awesome. as we still do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was your dad a hippie or was he. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, not really. Yeah. Uh, just a surf Nazi. Yeah. yeah. But. Uh, yeah, he wasn't really hippie. Nah. Nice. Did you have any uh, siblings? Sorry, Jay? Any brothers or sisters? i got a younger sister. Oh, she's three years younger. She she's uh, she still surfs today. She probably surfs more than me now. Nice. Um, wow. Yeah, she's just lives uh, south of Byron, gets out in the water, just right, still rides a shore. 
Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Board, sometimes a long board, and yeah, she's, she can hold her own in the ocean. Nice. Are you, yeah. are you still living in Byron now? No, I live on the Gold Coast now, Jay, so I'm now okay. north, and it's wow. close to work. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I live here is just like, 300 meters away but it's it's only small today yeah yeah so so you got into bodyboarding where you you got that's that's uh that's funny i don't want to you know tell anyone too much about that information about being a bodyboarder (laughs) no we all did it we all did it though we all did it yeah i was uh yeah eight nine or ten years old and just yeah there's this it was a closeout out in front of where I lived and it was just barreling and I just wanted to get barreled. So I rode, rode a bodyboard there for a while. But um, yeah, you know what I mean? Surfing yeah. wasn't everything when I was young. I, was, I didn't know I was going to be like a, you know. Took over your life, surfer. huh? So, yeah, so just so, being a typical grommet. Yeah. So so uh, was there a couple friends that were like, hey, dude, you got to stop bodyboarding. You got you to gotta get on a real board. Yeah, I think at one stage the waves were actually pumping the surf and I was out there on my bodyboard and I go, what are you doing? Yeah. And I went, yeah, you're right. I should be on my surfboard. <laughs> so did well, you... Byron, had, Byron Bay had a lot of like, I mean, waves all over, like you said, lots of options, but they had a good um, like bay for beginners and stuff. You didn't just have to go out to like Maryland Shore Break to learn, right? No, yeah, no, that's... That was the best thing about Byron, and I guess that's why it's so popular today. It's um, there's that many variety of waves there. You know, it's a yeah. good spot to begin to surf, um, and it, it caters for everybody. Yeah. So did you cool. uh, did you and your friends start surfing uh, local competition? Yeah, well, the local board riders club, um, I know, you know, was pretty strong. We had a professional surf uh, in the town. His name was Gary Timpley. Not sure if you heard of him. He did really good in the stubbies one year. Uh, he was a very powerful, well-respected guy in the area. Um, but my generation of surfers coming up, uh, they were hot. There was a lot of really good surfers my age and a little bit older. And I was a little bit behind the eight ball of everyone else. I was, everyone was way better than me. But yeah. I was just, it, made, it pushed me harder and harder and harder you know, yeah. to get further. But yeah, but there was a local board riders. There's a couple little contests um and then i surfed in the regional titles all the state titles and the aussie titles yeah um so yeah i i was a very i did a lot of competition you know i wanted to be a 
professional. You know, at an early age, I wanted to be a professional surfer. I wanted to be world champion, just like yeah. every other kid dreams to be. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I did a lot of local contests at an early age. Yeah. Did Did you do pretty well? Like, did you did you win some? Uh, I did okay. I yeah, the regionals. Yeah, I I, I had a few results. Nice. Um, I actually got. To you know, made regionals. I made state team. Um, I got third in the Aussies, and I got went to the world titles in I think 1990. I got third in the worlds, um, and that's when everything I sort of got well, Margot can surf contest sort of thing, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, so you might get some free surfer, he made some heats. Come on, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So, uh, when you started doing contests. Well, first off, I wanted to see, like, who – do you remember the guys that you looked up to who were a little bit older than you and then the other guys that you were surfing up against? Yeah, there's a lot of guys. Oh. Yeah, who's your rivalry? The rivalry back then, it was all more local guys. It wasn't more of a national guy. But, yeah, yeah there was a guy, I'm not sure if you remember, Jay, a guy called Craig Holly. Craig Holly? Uh, Craig Holly, yeah. yeah. He was, like, one of my best friends, but he was, like – one of the local rippers. He was from the next town down south, Atlantic's Head. Uh, a guy called Steve Smith. There was a guy, Rod Anderson, Sasha Slade. Um, they were all the hot, hot guys at the time that I wanted to, to beat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So who was but that? Then, oh, go ahead. No. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. All of a sudden, there's, there was Shane Powell down at Oh, Loco, wow. Yeah. Marcus Fabrant. There's a lot of guys nationally at the time that were just like, wow. Well, Nicky Wood, I thought he was a lot older, but he was only like two or three years older. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he was 16 and winning bells. And it's like, you're kidding me? Like, wow. He was a wonder but, kid, right? But, but two or three years difference back when you're, you know, in the teenage years is huge. Like, that's it's a big gap. Yeah. I know. It's bizarre. So, yeah. And it's funny now that, it, you know, like, look at Oki, he's only – He's born in '66. I was born in '72. So that age gap now, when you're older in your '40s, it's like it's not much, not that much at all. But as a grommet, it seemed massive. Yeah, massive. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember what board you uh, your first board like you got or learned on? First board, my dad. Yeah. Oh, I did. It was a, a jet surf board shaped by a local legend. His name is Dennis Anderson. So it was a. I think it was a longboard being. All the fiberglass cut off and reshaped into like a little five-foot pintail thing. Um, it was pretty rad board. I actually got a photo of it. Um, it's pretty yeah. pretty cool. It had the sicker 70 spray on it, even though it's late 80s. But, um, yeah, that board was – I wish I still had it today. It was yeah, a gem. We all, we all wish we had kept a couple <laughs> of mementos for sure. Oh, wouldn't it be good? But, well, uh, yeah. Was it a single fin? Like, was it a trimmed down like, a- single fin? No, it was a yeah, it was a trim trim down longboard, but it was a thruster, and it, I mean, it had a rat nip in it into a pintail. So, I think I was like twelve years old when I had that board. Like, yeah, pretty- nice. And then what 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 was like the like your your kind of stage of getting sponsored? Like you're doing the the board riders local events. Like was there was there a local shop you hung out with and got sponsored at first or? Yeah, no, I um, like I said, I was a bit of a late bloomer with my surfing. Um, everyone was like, was got sponsored before I did. And I was like, man, that was 
so jealous. <laughs> but, uh, it's a big deal. It's a yeah. big deal when you're a kid. Like, yeah. <laughs> I uh, got sponsored by a, a Mad Dog Surfboards. Oh, yeah. Which is, uh, Mad Dogs in Byron. They were big. They were big. So Mark Plato is a shaper, fantastic shaper, good bloke. Um, sponsored me. And right when my surfing got to a, a I don't know, became, I oh, know, and good, I guess. A bit humble, I don't want to say I was ripping. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and um, he made me a quiver of boards and then we worked close together. And uh, if it wasn't for Mark Plato, he taught me about board design and worked closely, you know, obviously um, shaped boards that suited my style. And yeah, uh, that's where it all began, really, on Mad Dogs. That's when I got sponsored by Billabong and everything just moved forward from yeah. there. So tell us about that, um, how you got connected with Billabong. Who who approached you or did you approach them? Did you have to do a resume? Yeah, who's a team manager or how'd that work? Yeah, no, well, it was pretty funny. Uh, once I got sponsored by Mad Dog, I started doing the law, was the Billabong Junior Series, as local junior events around, nationally around Australia. Um, and I was, Ripco actually gave me a few free wetsuits at the okay. time um, when I started, so I was stoked. But by the end of the first year of the doing the junior tour, the Long Juniors, um, the team manager hit me up and uh, asked if I wanted to ride for Billabong. And, you know, I got a few results. I got to the semis a couple of times. I might have got to one final. I was never winning them, but, uh, yeah, uh, Vince Lauder from Billabong. Um, asked if I wanted to ride for Billabong, and I was like, I was frothing. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the yeah, best brands uh, ever in the industry, and, and back then, man. Back in the day, it was. Crap. And then it was only about a year, oh, six months later, um, which is sort of the biggest turning point, was uh, Munga Barry was meant to go to WA to film with Oki for Green Iguana. And... Uh, something happened to Munger. I think he got injured or I can't quite remember what happened. But um, And then Vince Lauder rang up and goes, Brennan, we need you to go to WA to shoot with Jack McCoy, with Oki up in the desert. And I was like, yeah, Oki, what, really? Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> and, yeah, it's just this little grom, you know, still an 18-year-old kid from Byron Bay. Um, and just next minute I was on a plane flying to Perth and, Caught up with my idol, Ock, and obviously Jack McCoy. And then that was the beginning of um, where I got a name for myself, really. Yeah. And, yeah. But it was awesome. Jack and Ock were fantastic. Like, you know, but at the same time, I knew I had a golden opportunity and I really made the most of it. I'd spend, did everything what Jack said, spend all those hours in the water shooting yeah. and trying to charge, pulling the barrels and, yeah. Was um, the ways of pumping and everything just sort of fell into place. Yeah, that's incredible. So, um, going back, so you were 18 years old. Was that your first line quest, though? My first what, Jay? Larson you, seems like first time to West Oz, or or you compete or go over there for other trips? No, that was no. my first. Actually, it wasn't. My my parents travelled a lot too when I was younger, so they drove to Western Australia. Um, about two years previous to that. So we did a road trip to Western Australia um, 
yeah, surfed with my parent, oh, dad, you know, through South Australia to Western Australia. So I did have been there before, but not up to the desert, up to the Northwest. So yeah, yeah first time up there. That's incredible. So you were 18 years old. That Was that your first like video surf trip? Yeah. It was. It was my first anything trip with, yeah, it was the first trip I did as a, as editorial as well, so yeah, that was the beginning of it all. When it snowballed after that, um, Jack wanted me on every trip. So after that trip, I guess he was stoked. So go back, go back, right? Like, how did they pick you? Because Munga Berry had to have been pretty like up there, right? Like top tier Australian surfer, and then. 100%. Yeah, and and you were not to say you're a no name, but no one knew that's, who you were. You know, Grom. Yeah, yeah. I would, that's exactly right. Um, blowing away like Munga was the man. He was the star. Like he yeah. was my idol. Obviously, everyone's idol. He was killing it at the time. And I guess they were hard up to look for someone. And they, <laughs> um, but I think at the time, actually, I had a little underground name. About my, you know, had an underground name, so um, they just uh, saw a little opportunity. I yeah. guess it was either going to work or it wasn't going to work, and it paid off and it worked. So they were after someone younger, a young kid coming up, and I was the guy. I was that guy at the right place at the right time. Yeah. So, so were you were already you, were you already charging like barrels and stuff? Were you like they knew you you were going to like show up and and take off and and pull in and, I, and yeah I. Yes, well, it's funny because I, I didn't really come from a big wave spot, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it was a bit of a risk. I think that is, I had, I guess, a bit of a unique style, was, you know, smooth surface sort of yeah. thing. And they just, and, yeah, but I didn't think they realized the waves were going to be as big as what they were um, in WA when we shot the section. And I sort of, I didn't realize I'd have a dig too. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, so, uh, yeah. so, um, I'm not trying to like make you look like you were no one, but you were. It's crazy because Munga, he was in magazines. He was already in on the main yeah. stage, right? Like, was uh, was that ad of him dropping in at sunset, like almost going over the falls, right? That was already oh, yeah. out, right? Hundred percent. Munga was the man. What's What's crazy but, is uh, that the the point I'm trying to make is like, wow, mm. like how lucky you were to get called out out of thousands of kids that probably rode for or hundreds of kids that rode for Billabong, right? That's exactly right. And did you, yeah. were you getting shots in the mag already too, or not yet? Uh, I think I just, I did do a trip to Hawaii actually. I remember um, previous. So I did have a, you know, I worked at a local cafe and saved up and paid my own trip to go to Hawaii. Wow. That's um, awesome. Three months before that trip, or something, something like that, it was a long time ago. Yeah, but um, I think I did start to get a little bit of an underground name, and yeah. I, like I said, I there was hundreds of kids they could have chosen, and they chose me. Yeah. Um, so uh, did you? Know, this kid went to Hawaii in charge. We're going to take him with us for sure. <laughs> Possibly. Maybe working in that cafe was the best thing I did. Was um, you know getting myself to Hawaii and uh, yeah. You know, I well, I did love the bigger waves at the time, so yeah. Yeah, well, that's good to hear. I and mean, for even for kids and people listening, like you know, you got to do whatever it takes to 
to get on that trip and go to the next place and, and working in a cafe or at a surf shop or whatever it takes. Is, is 100% it, Jay. And that's what I'm proud of, of with my career. I did have to, you know, I, after school, I, I, I worked hard to save to go to Hawaii. I didn't have everything given to me on a silver platter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I felt like I really had to work with what I got. And I did dream that I was always in the back of my mind. I wanted to be a pro surfer and all of a sudden it happened and yeah, my dreams did come true. So and then all of a yeah, sudden, you, you, you focus on just surfing and having fun, and then you know new doors open up if you if you're on it. Exactly. So so when they told you, so who called you? Jack McCoy called you, Margaret. Another team manager, um, okay. Vince Slaughter from Billabong. Yeah, and he, I think possibly the tour might have been happening. I'm not sure that. So the key guys weren't around at the time. Yeah, and. Yeah, the little kid from Byron Bay was was available. <laughs> yeah. So and when he called you, he said, "Hey, uh, we're making a movie. It's Jack McCoy, and you're going to be surfing with Aki in West Oz." Yeah. Well, not only that, it was like, "Are you ready to get on a flight this afternoon?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Dad, can you give me a lift to call and go to airport?" And I was like, "It was pretty much, yeah. It was just all happened yeah. so quickly. That's what I remember about it the most." And then. Being, you know, on the five-hour flight, I'm going to was, are you kidding me? Jack yeah. McCoy's like, I was just like so nervous. And I remember driving up with him. I didn't even speak in the car and just like. Did, yeah, did you was, meet, have you known Aki prior to that trip? Did you know Aki? No. I think I got his autograph years before at the local <laughs> surf shop when he came into town. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, talk about like a dream, dream come true. And oh, and yeah. then how how nervous were you? You're like, holy shit, I'm stoked, but then I'm fucking super scared that I'm not going to surf these waves the way they, you know, because it's just you too, right? Like, well, back, you know, back in the old days, <laughs> it wasn't crowded. Up in the desert, there was only, you know, there's a couple of hardcore local guys there. Um, there'll be like eight guys out at world class break, like Nalu. Nah, yeah, yeah, there's no one there. Really, so. But was, but the awesome. the video trip was just you and Aki, right? It was just the two of us. Oh my god! And there's three of us. That was it. Yeah. What did you would you have a uh, like a good quiver? Like you said, you just had to get to the airport right then and there. Did you? I had a, did you have a good. I had, yeah. No, I had a I had uh, two surfboards, six four and a six seven. So I had a longer board, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> and lucky enough, I didn't snap a board and. Glass on fins back in the day, and oh yeah, how how, like you never been to Nalu in that 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 zone before, or have you been there like prior to? I I knew nothing about. I just was told by the team manager that it's a hardcore left hand reef break. It sort of hasn't, you know, kind of hardcore, a little flabby, a little. (laughs) Yeah, it's well coming. It's like it's going to be all time, you know. Six to eight feet. I'm like, oh, yeah. It's just so uh, you imagine the anxiety. Oh my god, dude! Yeah. I would have been yeah. pooping Heavy my pants. <laughs> yeah. So obviously the long flight and eight hour drive in the car. These guys, and then waking up in the morning. You know, obviously two back in the day it was all done by. Oh well, you know what? We didn't have Surfline or anything. It was yeah. just hardcore. Anyway, but they knew the swell was coming and we scored. And you guys timed it perfect. And that, that, that was Bunyip Dreaming. Yeah, uh, Green Iguana. Oh, Green Iguana, okay. 
Green and Wire. Sweet, yeah. sweet. So I knew how iconic the movies were because Bunyip Dreaming came out before um, Green Iguana. Okay. And obviously, that was like massive movie in the day. Huge. And I think it came out the next minute. I'm like, that's who I'm shooting with, Jack McCoy. And yeah. I was new. I was part of a movie, a quality movie like that. <laughs> so, so uh, tell us if you can recall that first session with Aki. What were what were the conditions? That, you guys were wearing short sleeve fulls or springs, or were you wearing full sleeves? Yeah, I think yeah, steamers, uh, full uh, short arm steamers. Yeah. Um, but I uh, remember it was it was pumping, and oh, well, I just I felt I don't know, I felt natural out there. I felt the ways were perfect yeah. as far as I was concerned. I was having a ball. I was out there with my childhood hero, and I just had fun. There was no pressure really. Um, I didn't really know how to shoot with a photographer at the time, but Jack's such a professional at what he does. Yeah. Take up and wave, get bowed, and all of a sudden you see a camera going through the, through the tube with you, and I'm like, and he's like, yeah, man, right on. You did good, you know. So he sort of <laughs> gave me confidence. Um, yeah, it just sort of naturally happened. And, uh, yeah, that was the beginning of it all. Awesome. Was there any other trips you went on for that green iguana? Uh, no. After that, it was... Uh, Sons of Fun. That's when I worked with uh, Ross and Shane. Uh, yeah. After that, so that, I think that was right at the last bit of footage for that movie. Um, yeah. So, yeah. After that, though, Jack wanted me on every trip we did, <laughs> which is funny. But that was and, cool. And That's when Sons of Fun started with Shane and Ross. So that was pretty cool. Did, did Billabong? Like, I know you wanted to be, you know, on tour and, and, and pursue the, yeah. the, the, the contest route. Did, were you trying yeah. to divide your time between going on Billabong surf movies and making some of those contests? What was your, like, schedule like? That's, uh, yeah. So about a year or two after that, it was Billabong wanted me just to be their free surf guy. I guess all of a sudden I paved this new career in surfing where they paid me just to surf. Um, they didn't really want me to do the contest thing. They're going, no, let's just. They needed someone to obviously wear the garments, wetsuits, or whatever, while all the other guys are on tour, um, just yep. to come out, you know, in ads or whatever. Um, so in winter, I'd be wearing board shorts, and in summer, I'd be wearing steamers. And then, you know, because it took so long for the magazines to come out. Yeah. Um, I, but in the back of my mind, I sort of did want to. You know, pursue the free surf thing. So, and the magazines going, oh, Margo, you should be, a, should be competing. You'll be like right up there, top ten in the world. So I had weird pressures from, I don't know. Some people wanted me to be a contest surfer. Uh, yeah. Free surfing was perfect thing. So after a couple of years, I decided to yeah do the contest thing, um, and I sort of struggled a little bit with. I got a few results here and there, but just the grind of doing the tour was a lot different to pre surf me. Um, yeah, you won the uh, pretty dog dog. Show, right? <laughs> well, I saw you, you know, we're, we're trying our hardest, Jay, just um, on that QS. It was, it, was, it was a grind, wasn't it? Um, and yeah. some of the ways that we had to surf back then, after, you know, going on those billabong trips, I was surfing perfect waves, hanging out, just relaxing. The next minute I was on tour, grinding it out in like, Junk waves. Like, yeah, it's an absolute crap. I struggled. So I guess I was spoiled very much so. With um, I was fortunate yeah. enough that 
yeah, when I didn't get the results, I go, oh, I'm just going to, I'm not going to finish the WQS, I'm going to go back to free surfing. Yeah, I always struggled in the, the two-foot beach break slops, even though they, I grew up in that kind of surf. It just was very frustrating traveling around and, and, and having your style suited, Yeah, that was classic, Jay, because I loved your style. Um, you, your style suited like a Jay Bay with your, you know, that style nice. of way. But it was funny, hey, when we uh, were there, just went like one foot, two foot on shore crap, and it's like, you're kidding me? You travel all the way around the world for this? It was very frustrating. Yeah. So I mean, you did you did win the the '96 Neos Pro, right? You, you won a couple of events. We win at an event. I was very yeah, yeah I can't believe yeah, it. But yeah. it, that was fortunate enough too. The waves were pumping. It was like six foot, beautiful waves. Six yeah. foot freight train right barrel. Yeah. So um, that was a relief to find in an event. Um, it was very to know that I could compete. You know. Yeah. All those people thought I couldn't. Well, is it, am I still on? Yes. Okay, some weird little thing came on. Oh, there we go. I had to update yeah, our so. account. <laughs> <laughs> no, all good. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I couldn't believe it when I won NAS. It was awesome in perfect waves. It was definitely a highlight in my career. How big was it? I, when it, it was six foot. Damn. It was four to six foot. It was pretty funny, like, you know, like to, to win. Well, it was one of those classic things to win a contest or you had to be, you've got to hold your ground. You've almost got to be an asshole in the surf to, you yeah. know, to get the inside. Yeah, so for me, every heat I surfed in that uh, event, I was like made sure I was the last one to jump off so I had inside priority. You were so being a dick. I was being, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, even before the final, I think the final was like three minutes into the final and I was like, no, nah, I'm jumping off last because every, you know, yeah. that means I had priority when the first set came through. And okay. I, I stuck to my guns and did that. I was like, is it, this is not the most consistent wave. And then I stuck to my guns and in the final, I waited for the last one to jump off and I got the first wave of the set. And I, yeah, so it's funny. That was the only time I was very competitive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it worked, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it worked. And, I mean, when you're in a wave like that and the waves are going off, I mean, at the back of your mind, you always want to win, but it's like, I just want to make this heat so I could go paddle out with only three other dudes and, and get, the, exactly. you know, get the, the wave of my life. And then the next year, I just want to keep making heats. That's exactly what it was like. It was just about getting through a heat just to surf with three other guys in the heat yeah. with you. Oh. So it's already out perfect surf, so... How there was much? a lot of um, initiative in a lot of events, especially on the Gold Coast, when um, points are so crowded here. If there was a, a contest on the points, it's like you do anything you could to get through the heat. Yeah. So just four people yeah. in water. Uh, was... Can I get a wild card still, please? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Margo, who was in the yeah, final yeah. of that Nia's contest? Yeah. Um, Batia David, uh, Poto. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Lowy, Michael Lowe. Ooh. Uh, and... Uh, Mark Bannister, he was on tour there yeah. a while back. Wow. So that was pretty, uh, That's a pretty stacked heat. It was a stacked, stacked final, definitely. Yeah. Um, Poto was pretty pretty hardcore. He was, he was a really good hustler. Yeah. He, I, <laughs> I remember. He wasn't impressed that I jumped off last off the rocks. Like, he wanted that inside position. But <laughs> he's a big dude, too. He. It was a powerhouse. Would, yeah, yeah, you wouldn't want to mess yeah. with that guy. No, no. <laughs> And Mick Lowe was a goofy footer, yeah? That's right. Yeah. Lowe was a goofy footer. He was the up-and-coming young guy at the time. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. Mark Bannister, 
He had a, a twin brother, right? Yes, Brad. Yeah. Yeah. But Mark, he was very technical, like very good competitor. Yeah. Person. Yeah, very good. But you, you uh, took the comp. Yeah, I took it out. You. <laughs> do, do you remember uh, what the the prize money was? It was actually, I think, it was five grand US. Woo! Yeah. yeah. So that was that was cool back in the day. I think it was yeah. a three star. I'm not sure what that equivalents to in today's WS events, but. Yeah, they, they usually at the, the better locations, the more exotic, like better waves, they weren't rated that high as far as points or money. Yeah. You know, I don't know. No, I that's remember. Five yeah. Gs ain't nothing to slap at, huh? <laughs> no, I wasn't complaining about the money, that's for sure. <laughs> so so after uh, Green Iguana, you were pretty much a, a, a freaking surf star. Well, yeah, once it came out, then all of a sudden – Photographers wanted to do, yeah, well, I was doing a lot of photos, shoots for Billabong as well in between doing movies. And then all of a sudden, freelance photographers were just always where I was. Um, then next minute, I was getting shots in the magazines nearly yeah. every issue, all the Austin mags. Uh, yeah, I was all of a sudden, I was, uh, yeah, I was yeah. the guy at the time. I was like, so did Billabong do like a, like a movie premiere? Did they tour the like, the coast and, and, and premiere at like local towns? No, they didn't with Green Iguana or, or any of those movies. But, you know, like back in the day, I don't know, there's only one or two, maybe three surf movies came out a year when Green mm. Iguana came out. So it was sort of a yeah. big deal just to, I, I remember, I'm not sure if you remember, Jay, what, when you were young, you well, at the local surf shop and it was like, oh my God, VHS video came out for surf oh, shop. Yeah, you for sure. Get your hands on it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so it was that was I love that about that era we grew up in. Whereas now everything's just so flooded. Yeah. You know, obviously with social media, this is I, I used to do the buying, you know, for surf videos and surfboards and, and a bunch of other stuff at HSS and I remember yeah. dude, when we when you had the Billabong, you know, videos coming out, Bunyip Dream and Green Iguana, all those videos, we'd sell hundreds of them, you know? It was, yeah, yeah. it was freaking, it was, it was awesome. Um, and it'd be on rotation inside the store. And the, what? A, <laughs> well, that's right. I think Kelly Slater Black and White came out around the same time. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, well, I don't know. Then Rip Kell, the search started. So it was a pretty, the three iconic brands started bringing out some pretty amazing videos at yeah. the time. It was, it was, it was awesome, awesome era, the early 90s. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, were you pro? Did you turn pro before or after that well, movie? Well, I, I wouldn't. I don't know. Pro. I don't know. I didn't. There was nothing to sign to say that I'm a professional. I just think it just happens. You yeah. Know, all of a sudden, once I done it, the events. I'm. I'm not sure. Does that happen in a, in the states? Do you actually become pro at a certain time? Or? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know. Really. Once you start getting get a, paid. A, yeah, paid. Did, yeah. Well. I, Yes, after that year of Green Iguana, I did sign a contract and started getting paid. So nice, dude. Yeah, it all. Were your parents just like tripping? Did they just? I mean, any parent must be just you know so psyched that you're doing what you love, but you're getting money out of it. You know, they were blowing away. And my mum and dad, they're my number one fans. My mum, she collect every sort of magazine clipping, everything. You know, so yeah, I didn't really follow it that much. But at the end of my career, mum had this big box and just goes check this out she had everything she collected every surf magazine everything else like yeah 
stripping. I was so, and mum, yeah, I was stoked to do mum proud. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, how, how, I mean, it's so cool to go back and have those and, and to show your, your kids and, you know, everybody like, you know, this is a part of my life. And this one time, I mean, when magazines came out, they were, I mean, I don't, I miss them. I miss them a lot. Yeah, you me know? too. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, yeah, I know with those old people now talking about how was it back in the day, but it, it's amazing. I'm still blown away that surf mags were just so iconic, such an important part of everything, the surf yeah. industry and catching up on the news. I remember being a kid too, like before I get on the school bus, then Surfer magazine or Surfing would come out, like magazines from America, like they were so expensive sort of at the time, but getting the opportunity to buy a magazine and seeing what's happening happening internationally. Yeah. Like yeah. a picture of like Wes Lane or something. You know, like a quick, and I'd be like, oh "My God, this guy, pin it out on my, you know, take it out of the magazine, yeah, have yeah. it on my wall, like." Yeah. So I was so amazed at, you know, just, you know, America was the other side of the world. It was such a big place back then. It seemed when you were a kid, and yeah, getting international mags and seeing waves like in different locations used to blow my mind. And we'd be sitting there on the school bus, just like looking at the, we were stoked to get the American mags. For yeah. Sure. So, super cool. You were you were talking about how uh, after after uh, Green Iguana, everyone you know you you started getting phone calls from photographers, right? Yeah, and, 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 other, and other videographers, and that, it reminded me of Larson too because when you know when he was blowing up a long time ago, <laughs> he uh, you know he 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 talked to like Mike Balzer. Uh, Moyer, P. Frieden, like these are like photographers that, you know, they were helping him, you know, build his, his, his like value. Yeah. So yeah, had, it was a privilege to work with all, with all those photographers. And then, you know, they would have different trips set up. They'd be organizing it with the uh, magazines. And I'd get a call from the magazine or the photographer said, hey, we're setting this truck trip up. You know, yep. we want you on it. Like, let's Let's go. And I'm like, Let's go. Yeah. Let's anyway, go. I'm ready. Yeah. I know. It was an awesome time. And it was so cool at the time that all of a sudden that was your life. It wasn't, wasn't it, Jay? It was like you come home from a trip, then a photographer would ring up or the magazine company itself or your sponsor and go, go here, go there. And it's yeah. like, then it got to a stage where I could pick and choose because I had that many options. So what it was, was funny? A, um, what, hey? What was the next, uh, do you remember the next video you made? Uh, it was uh, next Billabong movie was Sons of Fun. That was uh, a movie with Shane Dorian and, and obviously Ross Williams. Nice, did, nice. Did, yeah, that was that was a really fun and Neil Purchase Jr. as well. We, so I spent that video was done mostly in Indo, so Dude. all over. And that, you, that was had you already been it, to Indo? Cool. Beg your pardon. Had you already been to Indonesia? Yes, I had done a trip there a year before as well. Nice. But, um, yeah, but that was, you know, the early 90s in Indo was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, a lot of, we did a lot of remote locations there, so we got to surf a lot of breaks that were uncrowded. Yeah. Today, they're packed sort of yeah. thing, so. Are we talking yeah. mental-wise? Uh, there was one, yeah, well, actually – the next movie after that, oh no, what's that? Oh, uh, Sick Joy. I can't remember which one. We yeah. did a trip to the Mentawis or the Mentawis, um, and there was no like macaroni's. Yeah, I think we were like, there was no one there. 
There was one guy living in the bushes, some whacked out French guy, I remember. <laughs> um, and we were just like, what the hell does he know about this wave? But um, I remember surfing macaronis uh, with Oki. I think Donovan Frankenrider was on that trip as well. Oh, sick. Um, with nobody. I was wow. Michael Lowe, Oki, Donovan, and myself. And we were surfing crazy macaronis. It was, yeah, phenomenal to think that now it's so crowded and there's like, so many boats so up there, but in the early days it was uncharted territory. Man. Still one of the best players out there. Oh yeah, that's a machine. It was no matter what board, everything. It was like, ah, oh, it's like an absolute dream way. Yeah, absolute dream. Way. Yeah, one of the best waves I've ever surfed. I love that place. Yeah, but so um, Don, Donovan was kind of like your your you know kind of counterpart American. Yeah, counterpart, you know. They kind of made him the face of that freestyle lifestyle like guy that didn't surf contests and had a cool style and ripped and just, you know, did you guys go on a lot of trips, with, you know, together? It's funny. We didn't do a hell of a lot of trips together, but we did a couple, um, mostly just that that one trip in particular. Um, yeah. Sick joy. But um it was, it was, I was stoked to meet him because I knew that he was doing exactly the same thing in the States as what yeah. I was doing for Australia. Um, and he did a couple little things. He came over to the East Coast of Australia. We did a couple little road trips together. Um, super cool guy, funny guy to hang out with, that's for sure. Yeah, he's got a Going good out. sense of humor. He oh, he's got a guitar too. Singing, serenading you with his uh, musical <laughs> talent. He was. <laughs> He sort, of, he sort of tripped me out a bit, Donovan, because I sort of he had the long hair and the moustache, and even in the early days, I went, "This guy's such a hippie." But I remember yeah. when he came to that on that boat trip to Indo, he had this big backpack and it was just full of like Twinkies, all these chocolates, <laughs> and just like, he's like, "Hey man, have this!" And it's just, like, <laughs> it was That's like he was just like the biggest sugar tooth grommet yeah. kid, you know? It's hilarious. <laughs> it's just, so loved his chocolate. other movies that were like super amazing and cool that you were into and a lot of the other guys um a lot of other aussies is uh sarge's surfing scrapbook oh yeah bro those are kind of i remember those to be like really freaking good surfing and good editing like and i remember you had a a ton of footage in in those movies yeah I had, I had quite a bit in the later the later videos because he did a lot of that on tour. It was those movies were funny because no one had looked had the insight of what was going on on tour on the right. road. Yeah, he was and, a, um, he was the original tour notes guy, like covering you know the, yeah. the the behind the scenes and the the free surfs in between heats. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's and when like a lot 30. of surfing went down. And how cool! Like that's amazing how hardcore the surfing was before uh, you know in between heats and stuff before Connors and after Connors. everyone was just pushing each other so hard yeah and um, he was there capturing those moments uh, yeah everyone blowing up it, it was yeah because cool. all the guys on tour were, were were still wanting to beat each other out at every free surf and everywhere and that's why how important it is to be around mm-hmm. those events because exactly. those guys were pushing each other Every day in every free surf, thinking they're they're going to take each other out when they exactly. Yeah. It was so competitive those free surfs. I remember Jay. It was like, how do you even get a wave out here? But um, <laughs> yeah. but that's what helped make you a better surfer too, wasn't it? Um, surfing against the best guys in the world before you surfing yeah. heat and that, and just pushing each other and knowing what level you had to be at to to win. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, I never, you know, made that CT tour, but I would go and, and try to hang out a lot of those events, whether it's Gold Coast or J-Bay or, or, you know, any of the destinations, Europe, just so I could be around that energy and kind of throw, like, you know, my ability around those guys going, you know what, I think I could hang with these guys, you know, like, yeah. these guys aren't that good. It's when heats, I can't, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, the energy is something else, isn't it, surfing? It can be, um, yeah, and that's what I love about surfing too. Sometimes it's the waves are consistent. It's not about, well, that's what's funny about contests, isn't it? It's like you can be the best surfer in the world or you can be an average surfer, and if the waves are going to come to you, you can knock out the best guy. Yeah. And um, uh, it's just, um, it can be quite a frustrating, you know, competitive. You've got to be so switched on to, to get through heats. That's why I'm blown away with the Gabriel Medinas of, of the modern surfer competitive guy they got they're so switched on and so good at what they do yeah they, they've elevated the game right like they've uh they've definitely taken it to the next level of like preparedness and like focus and determination like yeah I think back in our day if we traveled with uh you know a little entourage of like you know psychologists <laughs> and physio people and coaches and stuff we get laughed at that's for you sure get, you get way <laughs> laughed at so uh t- tell us like um what was like one of the best most memorable trips you've ever had and who was it with well there's so many there's yeah. so many memorable trips that i've done but um look definitely that first trip that pays my career um with off was was definitely a highlight um, surfing with Shane and Ross in Indo in a few spots up high performance waves up at it's called Balian, which is a, I think the eastern side of Bali. We um, were the only guys out surfing and, and pushing. You know those guys surf so bloody good, as you know. Um, the three of us just out there surfing for hours on end, just pushing each other. Yeah. That was uh, pretty cool, like amazing and fun guys to hang out with. And yeah. Those early memories of just surfing locations, uncrowded locations with, with your mates. Yeah. And yeah. So I love those that, those early early day trips, definitely. Yeah. Did you ever make it out here to, to the U.S.? Uh, not really. Um, never got the opportunity to surf a lot of spots in the U.S. Um, I got to surf trestles once or twice. I was sort of, yeah, didn't get to spend a lot of time in the States, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I did cut one. I only did. I never really like. I travelled all around the world, but never really got to do Central America. I, I did a couple of trips down South America, down to Chile. Nice. Um, but never really got to do much around the states, unfortunately. You haven't really missed much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the way that I did, like, there's. I know there's a lot of good ways. There is. There. Yeah. Not like Oz, though. <laughs> Yeah. No, not like Oz, but we have a we've got a lot of closeouts though. But we do have a lot of um, fantastic waves too. But I'm not sure about you guys when this um, COVID things happening. Everywhere's so crowded now. It's oh my like, gosh! Because I didn't realize so many guys, you know, migrate to Indonesia or to Bali, and no one can travel at the moment. So everywhere's just next level crowded. It's, yeah. Um, it's been really. Yeah, it's been testing. That's for sure. <laughs> I, I served I lowers yesterday. We got pump and swell, and it it was packed, packed. Like yeah, I mean 70, 80, 100 guys out. I was like, oh my yeah, gosh. Wow. 
you know, you get a couple waves and it's all that matters. You're like, it's still the best wave around. So a couple yeah, waves yeah. all over the day. Yeah. And yeah, plus, yeah. you know, there's a lot of women surfing now, girls surfing now. And it's incredible. And on top of that, like, you know, with the with the pandemic, like kids are aren't doing sports, you know? So there's no baseball, there's no basketball, there's no soccer. So, you know, they're skateboarding and surfing. So that's why, exactly. I, you know. And, yeah, it's a little crowded. Yeah. And what's crazy. Kira is like not even that. Uh, it's been like one to two foot this time of year. It doesn't really get much swell. But some days it's like underneath high. And there's like 100, 150 people out. But it's like <laughs> Nan and Papa are out there. The kids are out there. <laughs> hipsters are out there. All walks of life are out there. But they're all out there just socializing. It's like, it's, yeah. it's funny. It's. But it is what it is. Lucky we have the ocean, right? So, right, right. We'll yeah. take it. We'll take it. Speaking take of, uh, is localism still a thing out where you are, or is it mellowed out quite a bit? Oh, it's actually since it's pretty heavy at the moment. Actually, wow. localism. Yeah, to travel down the coast. Uh, it's yeah. It's I think just because of the crowd situation, yeah. a lot of people are getting it's a lot of negative energy out the water yeah um yeah it's been it's been a fair bit of localism happening it hasn't reared its head up for a lot of years but um there's a lot of people are like sticking to their breaks and like you know and you know i live right on the border of queensland new south wales and new south wales people have to have a pass to get over the border but us queenslanders don't have to have a pass to go to queensland so they're a bit jealous that's I'm crazy. a Queensland, I have to go to New South Wales for a surf. Like, how come you surf in our waves, you know, when we can't come surf your waves? Yeah. So it's a bit, yeah, so <laughs> there's been a few issues. Um, but I don't know. I just like to go down the coast and go find a beach break where there's not many people and yeah. surf without yeah, less, less, less crowded, a little, little less, um, you know, like quality for a little less people, a little better. Yeah, I'd rather that than, um, I don't know, I, just, I can't with crowds much so I, I like to find a, a b-grade wave where i don't have to deal with many people but the yeah. north strategy still get packed it does it does yeah. it's next level crowded yeah that's the everywhere's now. crowded now jay <laughs> where those old back in the day it wasn't as crowded <laughs> everywhere did um did you ever do any of those um billabong challenge events were you, were you invited mm. to any of those um those ones they would kind of invite i think what 12 guys like they skins would do, yeah. like yeah, the skins I, was, I was fortunate enough to surf um one at j bay a billabong challenge nice and one yeah. in western australia so um yeah, yeah. i thought I, I i've been trying to find the footage from those and i see a couple clips at that pump in j bay event it was like eight ten foot and J-Bay was, yeah that was amazing that that one day because it was something like three foot four foot in the morning and we're like ah should we hold it uh Swell is yeah. meant to be coming, and then by lunchtime it was like six foot, and you know, like two in the afternoon it was like six. To, it was like eight foot J Bay. It was crazy. Yeah, um, yeah, that was a very memorable day that day. Uh, and obviously Kelly was it just Kelly. the caliber of surfing was phenomenal. Just uh, it was a, an amazing event. Well, Johnny Boy Gomes was in that event too. Oh yeah, so, I remember that. Yeah, he, he's laying down some gnarly turns. Yeah, so um, local guy Wayne Dean as well was in the event. He surfed really good. Was Machado on that one too? 
Machado. Yeah. Yep. It, was, I mean, it was like the strongest, like, it was like 40 knot offshore. It was so windy. Um, like, yeah, crazy. But yeah, I think Machado won it. Mate. He might have won it. Yeah. Won it. I, don't, I can't remember. Yeah. But was that, was that the year that, uh, Aki won like fifty grand. No. Oh, that was at the Bell's Skins. Yeah, the Skins. Yeah. yeah, Skins event. Yeah, wow, that was amazing. I wasn't fortunate enough to surf in that event, but I got to watch it on yeah. TV. I, was- I, I just thought that was just a great concept, and you know, you kind of mix some tour guys with just like you, like the free surfer guys, and put them out in perfect conditions at a perfect wave, and you know, give you guys some scratch to like make some money, but you know. Just research. I think you guys have an hour heat. Just go ahead. This is such a great concept. Such a great concept, Jay. Like, obviously, surfing, they just, you know, pick the, it was pretty obvious who the best guys are at the time. Put them together in an hour heat. um, And it's just a great spectacle and great, and it's such a great concept. I'd really be stoked to see something like that happen in the future again. Yeah. Yeah. And put it and waiting two weeks and asking for it to get all time. Yeah. Um, it'd be uh, pretty cool. Let's put a little Masters uh, division together. Let's go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How sick <laughs> would that awesome. be? Margo versus Knight at J Bay? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm putting my money on Margo. <laughs> I, I feel bad. I've got to. I've got to get ready to go to work. I, you gotta I, go. Um, I've got to go. I got to get back to reality. Damn. And um, I, I, I'd love to keep talking all day. <laughs> hey, do you want to do another one? We want to keep this going, or we, we, yeah, we want to talk about like your son Micah and how he's making a name for himself, and then your. You know, we got a yeah. few more questions for you. We can. We can keep going. I'll. Give us another ten minutes. Yeah, let's let's keep rolling. Okay, okay, okay. We can also. I mean, so, we, whenever you have an, uh, another day, you know, like a, you don't have to wake up so early. Um, we we can do it again. You know. Yeah. yeah. No no dramas at all. Yeah. More than happy to. So so um, going back to your career, um, all you all you pretty much did was was travel and surf right you didn't really have to do contests and stuff <laughs> no pretty, yeah it's pretty crazy to think that and then when i did do the qs try events and 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 not get results i just go what are you doing just come back and press it and i'm going yeah right what am i doing <laughs> so um it was i but I, i'm glad i did do the qs and i did try my hardest um because if i didn't do it i would have had that in the back of my mind, yeah. like, what if, what if? Right, right. But I wasn't good enough at the time to make it, um, but I didn't really put in 110% effort for a whole year. Um, yep. But it, I just knew you've either got to have it in your blood or you don't. I yeah. had that competitive instinct a little bit, but it wasn't in my blood. I didn't have that fire to win, 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 win. Yeah. I'd rather, like, I was in the heat and I needed it seven to get through and had to hustle i'd just go i'd hope the way would come to me i wouldn't hustle for it so yeah yeah whatever it, um, you know it's hard it's, it's hard, hard. It, it's hard to be an asshole in, it, in the water sometimes <laughs> <laughs> but um it was good i know it's the sort of guy i'd get like one really good score and then i just couldn't back it up because i i don't know i always try and do a really big turn sometimes you would make that big turn yeah but yeah. whatever i was just 
Let's go for a second. Yeah. So you were saying like you you were almost getting like shots in every magazine, at, you know, from some trip or, or working with some photographer. Do you, do you know like how many like covers of magazines you've had? Like, did, you know, you went through all your your archives, a couple dozen I, or? I, yeah, there's at least, at least a dozen. Yeah. I, I was, Damn. The biggest ticks was definitely getting. I got to cover a surfing. I got to cover a surfer, um, and they were my. Like I said, when I was a young kid, waiting for the school bus, buying those. Amer- this is funny. The American magazines were like the big thing for me, and and that's sort of like a thing that I achieved. You know, I got on the cover of you know, international magazines. Yeah, um, and that you're, yeah, yeah spending all this money getting the magazine, looking in on the bus ride, and then a few years later, you're on those covers that's incredible uh, yeah it's it's mind-blowing um yeah so obviously a, a couple of european magazines came out at the time okay yeah and then australian magazines tracks waves surfing life i got on the covers um it's, all of a sudden i was sort of yeah i was in the late 90s i was sort of well, i don't know in the surf industry i sort of had a, a big name for myself dude well you got you got surfer, you know, best surfer, uh, free surfer, like uh, Surfing Life magazine, you know, an Australian magazine, you know, called you out as, you know, the best free surfer around, you know, in 1998. And that's kind of like, you know, the late 90s in your heyday. And I mean, yeah, well, that was voted by the top 44, I think, they, um, by well, apparently um, in 98, 99, 44 voted me the best outside of the tour so Dude. that was a huge honor huge heck, honor heck yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny you know how like certain people have uh have like a signature move or or whatever like when you see somebody in a mag you automatically know oh shit that's him that's margo and it's always yeah. you like it feels like your your signature photo is always like that close out closeout hack you know you're hitting the closeout yeah. and the fan is the rooster tail off the fan is just like you know it's always iconic and you have so many photos etched in my brain you know yeah. getting that last section of a wave and i don't know that's margo he had the it factor Lennon, the it factor yeah, yeah. lots of spray the, the mags love that spray they love the spray yeah but lucky for me <laughs> <laughs> Well, shoot, we don't want to uh, make you late for yeah, work. Gotta go. Let's get back on and finish up this uh, conversation in the next week or two or so. Yeah, let's can. do it. No problem at all. Stoked to uh, half hour, 45 minutes just to kind of bring you up to date where, where you're doing now and talk about, you know, your son and just how it is to, you know, kind of go through that whole process of, you know, show sure. surfing yeah. and, and all of that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, let's do it next week. Um, Keen as. Perfect. All right. right on. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thanks, I'll, Margo. Uh, we always email and we'll hook up. Okay, perfect. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Jockey. Thanks, Jay. See Good ya. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Welcome. We're in, uh, I guess, part part two, episode two with uh, Margo. Brendan, thank you for joining us, bud. Yeah, no worries. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> we had, we had to, uh we had to split the fun here just because of uh, scheduling and work and, and, and family duties, but uh, exactly. 
We're, we're stoked to have you back on. I guess we left off was where we were talking about, you know, your signature kind of move where you, you know, you kind of hit the mags and that front side, just big hack carve and, you know, how important just power surfing and rail surfing is today still. Yeah. Well, I think it's um, like surfing in general is just such a creative, you know, there's your canvas, do what you want with it. And um, yeah. It's so cool to see the air thing take off, you know, for many years. And it's, I admire what those guys do so much, but um, I was never renowned for doing airs or anything like that. But um, Were you able to do I, them though, Margo? I, I could get in the air. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't really land them that well. I made one or two, but um, it was good fun trying yeah. in the air. Yeah. Lyndon gets in the air only when he's airdropping from the lift. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, it's cool to see um it's so in the modern day now how respected power surfing is and and surfing on the actual wave is is where it's at i think yeah and it always will be because yeah that's where you are it's, it's how you really your boards it's all about how your boards work and everything but um yeah surfing how never die and um it's so cool to see it still respectful who i mean having good rail work kind of the fundamental is surfing. whether you start from your bottom turn your top turn to your you know, arm but um the best air guys in the game also have the best rail work in the game well in my eyes yeah for sure um margo who when you were growing up who was it that you looked up to like what power surfers were you into uh well just Oki, Oki, for sure. Like, for me, he was a true power surfer. Uh, obviously, Tom Carroll. Uh, Tom Carroll was more of a style surfer, but I think he was a power surfer with just the style as well. So, just those three guys at the top of my head were just, you know, I, power surfer, rail surfer, they sort of all come in for one to me. Um, but Aki just seemed to have that real raw grunge. Yeah, Aki, I mean, sorry, you you, you uh, cut out for a second there. What what did you say about Aki? Oh, yeah, I was just saying about Aki, his uh, power surfing. Well, with his style, he's a very raw style, and it's just so much grunt. So, obviously, showed a lot of spray. But just the way he connected his power turns through the, into the next turn was just... Um, yeah, something that just blew my mind um, that I wanted to do. <laughs> yeah. Low speed and power. The fun Low and speed and power. Yeah, he, Aki always amazed me on how, like, he, he would do a bottom turn into a vertical power hack and then straight into the bottom turn again up into another vertical power hack. Like, not a lot of people can do that, right? Hundred percent, and yeah. I, I think that's the key to all power surfing. I think if, if you can come off the bottom with a lot of confidence and, and a lot of trust in your surfboard and get that drive straight away, then you just feel like you've got yeah, the, you know, the wall in front of you just delay. You know, it's all about timing then to, to put in that um, big gouge, yeah. gouging turn. It's sort of like even talking about it, it's like, oh, I wish I had a wave right now. <laughs> You're you know, actually that really. <laughs> Well, that that, but, that speed and, and that that speed and flow just opens up opportunity to, to uh, broaden your like 
options to do whatever you want in the wave. If you're struggling to generate speed, then you're you're doing everything you can to you know create. Now, of course, it's the quality of the waves, but anybody that is very talented and, and you know expert in surfing, you know, can make and and find that power even in the littlest of crappy waves. So you know, exactly. and that makes so, I mean, mm. surfing so, uh, waves is definitely the hard, hardest, obviously, with how junky it is. But um, yeah, I yeah mean, okay. power, power surfing, it's still relevant in in, in the little waves as well. Oh, that's to me just surfing little waves with powers. It's so hard. That's you've got to have your your surfboard so fine tuned, you know, for that. Especially to know when to release that power to keep flowing with the rest of the wave. So that's that's it. it takes years and years of yeah. skill, and you might not ever get it. But it's just a, yeah. it's it's uh, yeah. Well, that's the beauty of surfing. And that's what still keeps us surfing today because we still want to be able to achieve that. So heck yeah. My mind, my mind surfing 20, my body surfing 60. <laughs> I mean, I'm, and I'm right there in the middle at like 40. It's not 40 something, 6. So, yeah. um, so going back to like, you know, power surfing, um, you know, Trax just had a little um, write up, you know, not too long ago about, you know, how relevant power surfing is today. And they emphasized on your, you know, Margot project, the movie that you had about yourself, The Wander Jar. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's kind of cool. 15 years later, you know, it's resurfacing. You probably got a whole new generation of kids that, you know, whose dads probably watched it religiously. Now they're kind of like, well, who are these old guys with gray beards? <laughs> I know. It's, it's mind-blowing. Like, I get so chuffed, so honored. But, you know, I guess social media. And then you get young guys follow you and, and leave little messages just going, they just admire my surfing still. And it's... Yeah. Um, little comments and stuff and I just get so it's it blows my mind that I still feel relevant like, because it, the trippy thing is for me now like I don't know about you know year 2000 or the late 90s and you think of uh looking up to a generation 20 30 years before me it's like guys in the 70s and it seemed like that was so old and like the 70s seemed so long ago yeah, yeah. and it's that kind of trip I mean how but surfboard design hasn't really changed much, really. We're still riding thrusters. We're still riding, you know, metal-looking shortboard. So I guess it's still relevant for them. Where it was a bit difficult for us, I guess, in the late 90s to look up to, you know, still admire. I mean, obviously still did admire, but guys 30 years before were on single fins. Yeah. And, you know, styles were a bit different or whatever. Yeah. But, um, um, but it's amazing to be, yeah, still... I wanted to... Uh, there's a couple things I want to talk about. The first thing was, you know, board designs back in the 90s, right? Like everyone seemed to be writing that same outline and design. Like Kelly, because because I worked at Huntington Surf and Sport, you know, the board of the day, the, the soup de jour, right, was 6'2", 18 and a quarter, 2 and a, two and a quarter, right? Square tail. And... That was pretty much what every freaking person rode through the 90s. And everybody, all the shapers, Rusty, Xanadu, Channel Islands, it seemed like everybody was on the same outline and dimensions. Um, were you kind of riding those same kind of dims or a variation of it? I was riding a variation of it. I was obviously a little bit taller, a little bit heavier than Kelly. I was riding six fours. 
18 three quarters, 19 by two yeah. and a half. So I was, everyone did look at my boards at the time going, geez, your boards are a bit, you know, a little bit wide, a little bit, you know, everyone was blown away that I was writing six fours. But I mean, it worked out with my height sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Remember how rockered out people's boards were back then too? That was so rockered up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a trip. But it, it's funny now though, you're looking at guys who've gone so short. But it looks like now people are looking at a little bit of length again in, you know, the 20, 2020 compared to what it was 10 years ago. Yeah. It was right so short, even five years ago. So it's cool to see that longer short board come back into play. And I think it is helping with that rail to rail surfing, not that flat surfing, which I'm not a huge fan of. Um, but yeah, people ask, you know, yeah. that, that you know, you've got your power surfing comes back into play once you've got more rail in the water. So yeah, it's cool to see that era of surfboard come back again a little bit more length in surfboards. Yeah. So when did you, a um, couple questions, when did you stop like making surf videos and, and kind of, what was your last surf video? Last surf video probably was um, a good friend of mine, Justin Gain, made a little documentary on, I guess, my surfing career. Yeah. Uh, so that was probably the last video I did for Wonder Jar. Okay. Um, but it's funny, we, I, you know, you guys, Taylor Steele did momentum movies, and in Australia we did Pulse Two yeah. videos. We, which, we liked uh, them all. Yeah. Watched them all. Yeah, classic. So, but Gainey's still frothing like an 18-year-old kid and he wants to bring out a video again now. Sick. Now, and he wants to bring out a new Pulse movie with all the old boys in it, which is pretty funny. Dude. So we're trying yeah, to, to get ready and get fit and uh, <laughs> yeah. bring out a, I like a slow motion version of what we did. <laughs> get, the be- get the boys <laughs> back together. More, fun, more of a catch-up, more of yeah. a reunion. So that'd be so big Dude. Half the segments, I was doing yoga and ice baths. Yeah. But uh, a couple of the kids are going to be involved as well. Like, yeah, we all have children now and stuff. So I think my son might have a little part. Uh, so that would be amazing. Fun little project. Yeah. A dad and kid uh, montage parts. Yeah. That would be yeah. sick. So it'd be exciting. Have you? So, so that last movie, The Wonder Jar. What what was like the like the premise and the outcome? Was it a collective of like you know uh, you starting from like young footage of the young kid, or was it a a co- like a, a couple destination trips? Like for those that didn't see that movie, I mean, kind of explain that movie so people could go check it out. Yeah, well, uh, basically, as a lot of the highlights from the, the videos I've done with Justin 10 years previous, so a lot of highlight packages put in together. Um, I'd say a quarter of the movie's got that. Uh, the rest of the movie, we spent a year together traveling, you know, from Mexico or, or New Zealand and all around Australia, um, and just uh, spending two weeks in each location, not necessarily chasing spoils, but just, you know, hanging out and trying to get waves and um yeah we just had a rough idea didn't really know what we're planning to do just uh spent time in different locations um and brought friends with us on each little leg so had matt hoy in wa um yeah dylan longbottom i took to new zealand and tasmania used one of the hot local guys there um andrew campbell um so yeah just traveled around and 
just did video parts. And I was, sort of felt like I was at the peak of my surfing yep. at the time. Because I think I was 32, around 32, 33. And everything just came together. Like, uh, Justin was great to work with. He never miss a wave. Very dedicated down the beach. And yeah. What? And obviously the, the places that suited my style, like Winky Pop, I think Winky Pop, Bells, yeah. Victoria, and uh, yeah, other like that. I mean, that's that's pretty awesome. I mean, there's not too many people that that get to have their own, you know, kind of, you know, movie about themselves. You know, yeah, like, that's a pretty big accolade. Yeah, I'll just, um, yeah, and I'm a pretty, well, I guess I'm a humble sort of guy. It was a bit of a weird feeling thing having a movie especially when we premiered it um you know a movie based on yourself yeah but you know why not <laughs> we had so much footage and um everyone was a fan of well, i guess i had a lot of fans out there and it was good to give back and show but um it's i haven't watched it for a long time but well you had the easy you know, part. I, I you had to go out and surf I said you had the easy part. You just had to go out and surf. Exactly. <laughs> did, did you guys have a big uh, premiere party and all that? We did actually. Sick. Yeah, we had a big premiere party on that. But the funnest part about like shooting film, I'm not sure if you did it too, Jay. It was like when you did parts from a movie, it felt like you'd want to better your surfing. You know, you have to surf. But I don't know. Just I'm you're your own worst critic so or, or best critic. So yeah. Um, so it was almost like surfing a contest, but it did feel like it's better my surfing. Did you need the camera doesn't lie, you know, it does it shows every bog, every sort of you know, bad turn you do. To put a wave one wave together is, is not easy. Sometimes it can you're lucky to get one wave in a session. So Yeah. What's yeah, there's, there's a lot of work. It's funny, uh you, you bring that up. It just reminded me of what Lam- Mike Lambrizi, do you remember Mike Lambrizi? He was. I do. He, yeah. he was. Uh, before my time, but he looked like a contest machine. Right, but he said, you know, uh, he goes, man. Um, I go, yeah, you know, were you into videotaping? He goes, yeah, man. He goes, I was really shocked to see how bad, you know, when we started videoing, it, it showed me how bad I surfed. <laughs> he was like, he goes, what a public way of looking at it. I mean, you can look at it both ways. Yeah. He was like, he was like, man, um, you know, video, watching myself on video really made me, you know, refine my, my, my style, you know, like it it made my, it made me consciously want to get better and smoothen out my style because I was like, he he said he was an erratic surfer. He goes, I couldn't, because I couldn't stand the way I surfed, but video, you know, videos made him surf better. And I'm sure that helped, you know you polish your your act well i think when you're so true because when i think when you're surfing you can remember a lot of stuff so vividly you're hyper focused you remember every you know movement everything but what in reality is totally different perception when you're watching versus (laughs) you're feeling so yeah when you're watching yourself you're like oh i thought that was such a better turn like what i clicked that one or Oh, that one did actually look good. I thought I was digging real, but I, you know, so it watching is a huge part of it. a very humbling experience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have you ridden the same boards forever, or um, like what boards have you ridden over your your time? Pretty much. Uh, right now, I've got in my quiver. I've got a bunch of everything. I've got with softboard to a twin fin to a single fin, um, and I was riding there for a couple of years, about one or two inches shorter than what I rode. Forever. I was 
pretty much since I was 21, I wrote six fours by 19. <laughs> yes, back then it was 18 three quarters, but now I, I've gone back to six fours, um, yeah, 19 and a half. But um, it feels good to go back from six two, six three, back to six four. Yeah. And I've only done that the last couple of months. How funny. And, wow. That, 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 just that inch longer just feels like it's brought out that rocker that's not as sharp or whatever. Yeah. And, um, oh, there it is. I can like lay rail a bit more uh, again. Yeah. So. We got yeah. good ways where you live. See, we can't pull that here. We suck here. Yeah. So I, I, need, I need that flat board, shorter, wider, little yeah. chippy flame. Yeah. What shaper have you been riding, Margo? Well, uh, Matty Herworth. Uh, he's uh, Chipper, rides his boards. Mm. Chipper Wilson. But uh, he's just been a good friend of mine for a few years. And, you know, when I wasn't surfing there, for, well, I was always surfing, but working and working <laughs> there for a while, um, he was always stuck by my side and was always gave me boards. So uh, he's been a good friend and um, always willing to experiment and throw different boards at me yeah. to try out. And uh, it's always fun. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Manny Hoas. But uh, of recent, oh, just before I went to Hawaii, um, back in March, Morris Cole touched base with me. Wow. Um, it's been nearly 12 years since I've ridden to Morris Cole, and he gave me a bunch of boards to take to Hawaii with me. And wow. So I could reconnect with him. And there's no love lost with Manny. We're still good friends. So yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So I had some Morris Coles again, and um, they felt amazing in Hawaii. So, what, what did you What did you ride in uh, in uh, Green Iguana? I think I was on Mad Dogs still. Okay, got yeah, it. Yeah, I was still on the uh, early Mad Dogs from Byron. Got it. So, yeah. ha- have you had some magic uh, Morris Coles in the past? Oh yeah, absolutely. Morris Cole, just absolute legend of a guy, legend of a shaper. But, yeah. Uh, the, Best boards I had with Morris were my step-up guns. Mm. You know, six sevens to six tens is I never had a bad um, gun off Morris. Yeah, classic Intel six sevens, six tens were just all beautiful boards. Were you riding those reverse V's? And uh, and reverse V's, and actually one of the boards I got for buy this uh, last trip was a reverse V. Wow! And again, to me, the push and the speed. Is there in the wave a reverse V can just feel amazing? Yeah. yeah. Reverse V to a single concave. Kind of Pretty thing. much. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I had one magic board from him. I actually took, took it off the the salesman rack at Huntington Service Board. And I'm really? just like, I was working there and I check, I check out all the boards. And I'm like, oh, this thing feels good. And I just I took it and the thing was just unbelievable. What size was it, Laura? I think it was a 510 at the time, 510, and I'd probably say 18 and a half, two and a quarter, I don't know, but I was just so curious because it was complete opposite of the boards we had in the store with the reverse V. The rails were really soft but square, kind of original like flat deck type technique, you know, like um, shape, and I just remember taking it out at lowers, which is our best wave, obviously, and just... Oh, yeah. It just, whatever my mind did, the board was there underneath my feet. I was like, holy smokes, this is legit. Yeah. <laughs> but I never got, like, customs from them. I was never able to, like, get customs like I did from Sam, Simon Anderson or some of the other, yeah. 
you know, Peter Daniels, each time we traveled to different, you know, parts of the world, we would try to link up with a local shaper just to, you know, be in tune with, you know, other boys. How fun was that? I love that back in the day when we were, you know, doing the QS grind or whatever and going to South Africa and I can't remember the shape, I've got my board. Got a couple of boards up there and in Europe you get a couple of boards with someone else because yeah. we'll be away for months on end and obviously damage your boards or they get damaged by the planes and it was so good sure. they just know they had backups around the world. And when you got that backup around the world it was such a Yeah. Oh this gave you a confidence booster too, you know, you knew the boards you were bringing with you were you know, your, what you rode and you, you know, your local shaper and you worked well, yeah. but when you went to somebody that was from that territory, exactly. and AJ, you just, I don't know, I always felt like I got to get a couple boards from somebody that's in this area that knows this, this wave, the power, the, the, you know, whether it's J Bay or, you know, sloppy yeah. beach break, you know, they know what they're yeah, doing. Exactly. Yeah, I remember going to the States too, and I think I got a Xanadu on here, and I just couldn't believe how much different, how good it felt. Surfing, yeah. what Huntington type waves that you guys have over there, the little bit softer wave. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's so good to get a board from local shaper. Yeah. And, so and we, we're big fans of just promoting, you know, local shapers in general and, and how important it is to our surf culture and industry. And yeah, I mean, I always press people like, hey, man, if you're going to go on a trip somewhere, yeah, you bring your board or two, but you know, you can always plan ahead and try to pick up a board at that destination. Yeah. Yeah, so after it. so after your like kind of pinnacle of your career with your 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 movie and and everything, what how did you what was what came after your 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 run as a pro surfer? Yeah, uh, I worked for Billabong. After that, I uh, helped with the adventure division side of things, just uh, organizing trips for guys. Obviously, to go on the adventures that I did. Uh, yeah. So that sounds like an amazing job. Yep. It was cool. <laughs> right at the start of like, yeah, sending guys on trips. And then if the waves were going to be really good, I was allowed to go on the trips too, <laughs> which is pretty cool. But uh, And then I was uh, like an event coordinator for uh, the Billabong World Juniors that was big at Narrabeen many years ago. And I um, helped with the logistics of Chopo event um, in Tahiti. Uh, so I worked with Billabong for a few years there, which was cool. But then... I just got to a stage where I had enough of the surf industry. Yeah. I just felt like I was trying to be, you know, false, you know, professional surfer. And then I worked for the company. And I was just like, I got a little bit turned off. So I just got bored with it, but just, I just had enough and I just wanted to do something different. You, so. you can be honest. You got pissed at like how much is little punk were getting paid and you're sitting behind the desk and you serve better than all of them on payroll. <laughs> I'm always a hard transition, I'm not going to lie. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but it, it felt good to sort of just get out, get out of the surf industry. I yeah. don't know what it was, but I just um, had been there my whole life. Yeah, I mean, hats off to Billabong for 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 keeping you in a in a role and taking care of you and giving you that option. I mean, that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. It was so cool. Very very fortunate to that you know I can't I'll say a bad thing about Billabong with what happened to me in my career. So what did you do but, after uh, Billabong? Did you put on like a work belt and boots and a, and grab a hammer or what, what did you do? Ah, oh, I did a little bit of everything. I just labored. Um, anyway, I ended up working at the airport actually. Just, yeah, grinding away at the airport, which still allowed me to surf or whatever. And, yes, yeah, so I've been there for, for many years. And just, uh, 
just cruised and just um, sort of didn't surf there for a little bit, but then got back into surfing. Um, and my son uh, obviously had kids and whatever, and um, just wanted to spend time with them and then watch them grow. Then introduced my son into surfing, and all of a sudden he's a well, he's, he's a young man now, and watching his little career take off. So, yeah. yeah, it's sort of been it's amazing. All of a sudden, the years tick by, the older you get. Yeah. What age did you get? What age did you get your Grom in the water? I probably got him in a little bit too young um, <laughs> and got him scared off. I think, you know, when he was about five or six, I was like, come on, we're going to try to take him out the back. And um, he yeah. got pretty smashed. And I, I didn't surf for a long time after that. <laughs> and then just, uh, but I'm not going to be one of those pushy dads. Not that I was. But, Hear that, Lar? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't put um, And then just let him find his, his own feet. But, uh, yeah, it was just fun just watching him, just to have that connection. And my daughter, too, like, I used to push her into waves and spend that time and just, it was just felt like a nice quality time together, sharing that ocean experience that I had when I was young, that my dad helped me with. Um, yeah. And then introduced my kids to the ocean. So, yeah, yeah and then, yeah. How, how old is your, uh, how old is your son and daughter now? My daughter is 16 and Micah's uh, just turned 19, actually. Wow, so okay. He's a young man. Yeah. And is he going the pro surfer route or? He is. He's just, well, he's just finished high school, a uh, year of high school, um, and he's just finding his feet. Yeah. Um, he did a lot of the pro junior events and whatnot. Um, he's trying to do the QS have a, have a try at the QS. Sick. But obviously, there's nothing happening at the moment. Yeah. Uh, he, he's got a job um, at the local surf shop, the Cura Surf, big surf store. Here. Nice. So he's in the board section there, selling boards. The awesome. He's just surfing and trying to do little video parts. and He's just having fun. Just I just want him to just do what he wants. Just no pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, enjoy himself for a year and then uh, work out whether he should uh, get all the tools. Yeah. I think that... <laughs> Part of the, the part of the, the hardest thing about being a parent is you, you don't want them to grow up too fast. You want them to have fun, but you want them to be like, okay, like this is what I want to do in life, and you, you know, you need to be responsible. And what exactly. we have here and what we've given you is because of a lot of hard work. Nobody's going to give it to you, so you got to have that that balance of pushing them and driving them to be successful, but also like let them just be a, a kid and travel and surf and and doing whatever they're they're passionate about. Exactly, and now he's at that age. He's, he's nineteen. He's his own man. It's it's his decision. I'm just there for a, if he ever needs the advice. I'm there for him. Uh, are, you, are you on the Are you on the beach with the video right camera? Sorry. Are you on the beach videoing him? No, I'm not. No, <laughs> I just go down that beach though and do watch. But um, I'm out there more with him than I ever have been. I used to be down there off the, with the film camera, but I just love getting in the water now too. Like I'm, I'm surfing more than I have. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so that's what it's all about. Yeah. So, he, um, so is he sponsored up? Is he, um, you know, like making money and working at the surf shop, saving up to do those uh, tour events? He's just working in the surf shop. He's just saving up to, you know, obviously do the, the tour events. Uh, but yeah, he's sponsored. Uh, I think Bill Hong looking after him a little bit. Awesome. Well, they are, um, and he's got other sponsors, which is super cool. So he's, you know, he won the uh, Aussie titles two years ago, which is wow. That's insane. Um, yeah, I, wa- titles, so. 
I watched that video clip uh, of him on Stab. You saw that? Yeah, I was, I was just yeah, watching yeah. it before we got on the on the on the podcast. But uh, kid's got some flair for sure. Yeah, he's still good. I love it because he's still he's got a beautiful, unique little style. And yeah. Obviously, he's not, not big on the airs. He loves the rail power surfing. So chip off the old block. That's for sure. Yeah, that's epic. <laughs> Does he charge like Dad on the big waves? Yeah, he likes to have a little dig. He likes to have a little dig, definitely. But um, bloodline. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good to see him uh, put his head down and and I'm up. Yeah, charge. <laughs> Tell us. Uh, you you were telling us before we got on the podcast how uh, Billabong sent you and uh, Micah to Hawaii. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, like <laughs> I haven't been to Hawaii for maybe 12, 15 years, and like Billabong have always been awesome to me over nearly 30 years which is amazing <laughs> yeah um, and they sent me in March with Micah gave me an air ticket and accommodation and gave oh yeah spent two weeks in Hawaii and it was couldn't think you know to show Micah the ropes of Hawaii was amazing yeah, yeah. he'd been there once before but um, we'd be there together and um, be at the house set off the wall and just so oh, here it is, Monica. You want to charge? Go for it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was so cool. I think it helped his surfing so much mature um, and realize it's different charging the waves here in the Gold Coast and charging the waves in the Hawaii. Absolutely. Yeah. So he was yeah. mind blowing, actually, because we got two solid swells there. And he's, yeah, it blew his mind. Dang. That's rad. Where, uh, where is your favorite spot to surf on the North Shore? Dare say, it's funny. I love Haleiwa. I love Haleiwa when it's a bit bigger. Yeah. It's such a, it feels like it suits my style. Um, obviously, love off the wall backdoor, but I don't really get a lot of waves out backdoor. <laughs> but I, you know, it's funny. I love Rocky Rides. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's sort of, it's such a rippable wave. When Rocky Rides is like five, six foot, it sounds weird, but I yeah. like the wave so much because it's. Sort of, I guess, a B grade wave over there, but um, sunsets an awesome wave, tricky wave. But I'd say Haleiwa, yeah, eight foot Haleiwa's, yeah, I dream of surfing that sometimes. Yeah, so, it's funny. I've been, uh, I signed up for this the surf video or surf network. I forget what it's called. It's like a website with all the a ton of surf videos and and competition clips and all that. And um, it has a lot of the Triple Crown videos over the years. And, um, man, I can't believe, you know, so many, so much footage that I've never seen. And a lot of it, I've, I've been watching the Haleiwa Triple Crown. And, dude, uh -huh. those waves are, are, you know, I've only surfed it once and I got work there. And, but for the most part, every time, every video I've seen, the waves look so gnarly and challenging you know how you this yeah but to me it's like high performance surfing on a gun like on a on a bigger board yeah um, and that is that's my favorite uh, type of surfing to see and my uh, favorite type of surfing to do is riding a big board and trying to surf it like a short board <laughs> it's the best feeling in the world throwing a, a seven foot board or longer around you know big turns on a, on a big wave and that's 
wave is just made for ripping. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's got a really good coping. I mean, you know, a lot of times Hawaii gets, you know, uh, it gets bumpy and you got a lot of currents and you got the wind, but that canvas on that wave is, like you said, it's really high performance with the power to like lay into any turn you want. Yeah, 100%. And I guess that rip coming back through the face of the wave makes you feel faster. It's, um, yeah, it's such a trippy wave. And it can um, it can come unstuck there pretty quick. Too. It's, it's everything about it's exciting. I mean, it's heavy when it's bigish too. Like, you can get sucked into the pack zone and absolutely shit yourself and get so scared. <laughs> um, and then you have to, you know, it can make you look like a boy. You get washed in and you have to start again. But then sometimes you can just get on that little inside you know, just like wheel and just go, that's like four or five waves in a row while yeah. everyone's stuck out the back having their life. Yeah. So let's say it's a classic wave. Yeah. So going going back to like your, your son and him pursuing the surfing career, I mean, we like to talk about, you know, just the dynamics of the industry and, and where surfing is at. Like it's it's got to be pretty hard these days, just like it was when we were, you know, trying to make a name for ourselves. But, yeah. you know, with not as many movies being out you know the support system you know quite isn't there with traveling in, in big groups it's kind of like more back to individual and, and self-promotion you know versus relying on a filmer like a taylor Steele to help you know project you or working with a magazine you know a company that was advertising in magazines every month that were like putting you out there so now a lot of that's gone i mean it's got to be extremely hard to kind of self you know, motivate but promote yourself. It looks very difficult. Um, I, for a moment, I've sort of felt sorry for my son again. Oh my god, like it's tough. The times are so tough. But then I'm thinking, back in our day too, it was tough. Like I, I it's hard to explain. Like now you've got to to get a name for yourself. is so difficult because there's so many rippers out there. I can't yeah. believe the standard of surfing now. Like just at any beach. In any little town, there's a local ripper that absolutely is smashing it. Like, yeah, the standout is um, you've got to be really, really good in this day and age. But uh, yeah, it's it's funny. Like, we get so saturated with um, social media um, and kids bringing out clips, and it's it's so hard for the mind to be blown away by certain people. So it's like you've got to be really good at what you're doing in this day and age. Um, yeah, but yeah, I guess that's what it's, it's. It's different now, isn't it? You've got a other guy on the beach filming yourself and, and then putting little bits and pieces together. And yeah, it's a lot so. I'd probably make it in this um, this day and age, but that's why I think you just got to come back to individual style, not try and copy anyone else. Just be yourself as a person. Yeah, and that's if unique. you credit that, it's you know that's what people want to see something unique. Yeah. Yeah, but copying someone else, you know, if they want to copy Mick Penning style or John Parker style, just do your own thing. You know? And I think that's what's going to separate yourself from the rest of the crowd because everyone out, like, so blown away. So many people are trying to copy other people, trying to be someone. Yeah. And I think in this main age, especially if it's more about video parts or whatever, you want to look a bit different from yeah. the best surfers out there now. you got to, yeah, so. you got to be a yeah. freak. Have you uh, have you have you had the chance to surf any of the wave pools at all? No, I never surfed an artificial wave in my life. Damn. I'd love to. 
Why don't you call Aki and get on that plunger deal? Yeah. And then it, I think it's still like a test thing up there. Yeah. It seemed like. Yeah. I almost got down to the one in Victoria. There's uh, Urban like Surf? Down, yeah. But uh, we can't get in there right now because of the coronavirus. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'm sure I'll get to surf one one day. Yeah, I'm sure you will. We'll have to surf Kelly's. <laughs> I've, I've done it. Uh, a couple different times it's phenomenal man if if uh when you get the chance margo you you got to take it you and your son yeah. you got to get out here and, and and give it a go yeah it's amazing yeah looks like it looks long huh? it looks like you get really worn out after one or two waves in a row <laughs> oh for sure it's like if you look at that right it, i mean it reminds you of kira you know yeah. or, or something like it you know i think in the um, I think that's what Kelly had in mind, you know, when he when they designed that wave. For sure. But it's it's a trip, man. It is a it's a seven hundred yard long pool, so yeah. you catch it, you know, from like one end of the pool and ride it to the end. But you you probably are riding standing up on a wave for about five hundred yards, you know. Yeah, no. It's it's yeah. it's pretty amazing, and hopefully hopefully you get to take. Take part in that, uh, well, Kelly's wave for sure, but that one in uh, Urban Surf and was it Melbourne? Is it Victoria? It's in Melbourne, yeah. Okay. Near the airport there. Yeah. Yeah. Almost got down there actually a couple of months ago, but uh, anyway, I'm sure I'll get down there soon. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they, better, they better pump up that, that size, so, you know. <laughs> this is at Margot's size. Definitely don't need my gun down there, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> So I read something that you were a bit of a bird watcher. Is that true? <laughs> oh, when I was really young. <laughs> well, when I was about 12 years old, my parents traveled around Australia. Um, they used to take me everywhere, which is very fortunate for me. Yeah. Take me out of school and travel around, go in the middle of Australia, go up north, but there's no waves. And yeah, I guess when you're sitting in the car for a long time, there's not much things to do. But I had a bird book in the car and I had a pair of binoculars and then I just started, yeah, I, Do- I was into bird watching. That's well, funny. Yeah, just for That's cool. Months. Yeah. It was epic. But, but it still comes in handy today. Like I see something down the street, I look up in a tree and I go, oh, there's a such and such bird. <laughs> it's good to have a, a hobby or interest outside of, you know, surfing. Then so, you'd just be a boring person if you just, all, but, all you were was surfing. But Australia's got a lot of unique uh, birds for sure. Like, I mean, I just remember it being like, these are stuff I see in a bird store here. That, you know, just, just, a, bir- a bird, bird store? <laughs> um, and I, I read something about uh, you being in a Beck's beer ad. I was in a yeah, Beck's beer commercial. Tell, yeah, tell yeah, us yeah, about that. That was that was, that was an awesome. Um, well, it was a free trip to Tavarua, Fiji. What? And, um, yeah. And something uh, it's, it's actually Jack McCoy filmed it, uh, the water. But that was really funny, that ad, because these German directors, like, obviously never seen the ocean before, and they wanted 
a scene with uh, I think there's the lady, there's a female surfer too named Natalie Greiner. But they wanted us in the barrel together, looking at each other in the tube, and then looking back like a sort of romantic scene inside the tube. <laughs> <laughs> and they couldn't, they couldn't get their heads around that we couldn't achieve this. But um, anyway, they came out in the boat in the lineup. <laughs> to, like they had their shirts off, they were like pale skin, and sat out. The waves were actually really good this day. It was like six foot. And they were trying to tell Jack what to do. And Jack, obviously, shooting films, he had to come in and change roles of film. It's like, why are they not? Just going off. It was a pretty funny scene. But by the time he came in that day, they were so red, raw, sunburned. No sunblock. The next three days, yeah, they were like, we didn't see it again because they like had sunstroke and had three degree burns. Oh my gosh. Don't worry. Let Jack do his job. I'm sure we'll get the footage. Like, so did um, they run? Did they run those commercials they made? They ran the commercial. To, yeah, but it was funny too. We the second half of the commercial, we ran it back in Sydney, jumping off a yacht, you know, in the water. Um, and they wanted this one scene, scene of uh, water getting splashed in my face. So, in the actual finished ad, it's like it's got me surfing, coming down there. They, um, anyway, this one scene in Sydney, they had buckets of water, had about 10 people throwing water in their face. It looked like I was in a tube and I was going a head flip as if water was coming out of my eyes. No. And the director's going, just pretend you're in one of those barrels, just pretend you're one of those big open round things. Like, come on, do it, show more expression. One of these people are just throwing buckets of water in my face. Wow. Very random. So in the commercial, it looks like, you know, it's a tube scene that just flashes to someone throwing a bucket of water in my face. Bro, I, I need to find that footage. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah. It's like only, a mental... Only in Hollywood. That's yeah. not even Hollywood, dude. That's Deutschland. I know. Like, yeah. <laughs> Movie production, TV production, like this, yeah. the way they, they think, you know. You it's bizarre. Was it good money? It was good money. Yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got paid to... Water's front of my face. <laughs> we have it on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Oh, it's on YouTube. I'm gonna find it. Yeah, it's hard to find, but it is there. I'll, I'll probably just search Beck's beer, Margot, <laughs> something like that. Oh, that's amazing. So, are you following uh, like the the tour at all? Like, do you love? Do you play like fantasy surfer, or do you kind of root for your your buds, or? Like, no, I don't. No, I don't. But I mean, obviously, I, I watch a few of the events or whatever. Yeah. Waves, so I'm up to date with who's ripping and who's not. Um, yeah. Who's your Who's oh. your top uh, top five? Well, I have to admit, World Champ Idlo is just amazing. He's just he's, he's everything, isn't he? He's like incredible. So powerful, so innovative. He's just mind blowing. The Brazilians are absolutely mind blowing, aren't they? It, it's crazy. It's crazy how the Brazilians have taken over surfing right now, professional yeah, surfing. Incredible. But um, the surfing so goddamn good. It's, yeah, it's amazing. But probably my favorite surfers are, yeah. Kind of confident is this guy. Yeah. Wow. Love is surfing. And he seems like, yeah, 
like talk about power surfing and style and grace. And yeah. Just, I've been. Um, it surprises me, but it doesn't yeah. surprise me that, that that he's one of your favorites. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. He's just so polished. He is. And some of those, he does some amazing. He's just so smooth and yeah. powerful. Yeah, it's beautiful to watch. Yeah. How? How's? Yeah, I loved. Oh, I feel feel bad. I can't remember the guy's name. Um, <laughs> it's Japanese, American Japanese surfer. Oh, Kanoa. Um, Kanoa Egarashi. Yeah, Kanoa Egarashi. Yeah, yeah. sorry. <laughs> so bad. But his surfing at the Brahmas contest, his balls look so fine-tuned. He really, uh, I was blown away with his surfing in that event. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. This Everyone on the tour ripped so hard. Yeah. They were so hard. So you're going Italo, Connor, then Kanoa. You know what? I'm going to throw Medina in there, too. Medina, too. Yeah. yeah. He's just... Incredible. Oh, yeah. So, how crazy is it that Connor Coffin left Channel Islands and now is riding JS? When did this happen? <laughs> it just happened. Like this past week. Really? Yeah. Wow. You That's know, so after weird. I think he's been riding it, riding Merrick's for like 20. You know, since he was a little kid. Since he was probably ten years old. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you're gonna see how he's. Um, yeah, it's going to be. He, I mean, he rips regardless, but it's it's uh, at this point of uh, his like surfing career, you would think, you know, you would stick to to the formula. You know what I mean? But again, it's it's definitely, you know, when 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 it's your profession you need to step out of the box to improve yourself, I guess, right? Yeah, well, I guess so, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends on the surfer. I mean, you look at guys like Jordy Smith, who I feel like hasn't missed a beat, and he's right there in the, the top five, and yeah. he's, he's on all kinds of equipment all the time. Yeah, know? he was a Merrick guy, too. He was riding Merrick's, and, and Chris Gallagher's, and his dad shapes, and then you see him on, you know, like, whatever, and, um, I mean... It's just if you're that good, you're you're gonna make anything work. But it's all about that connection too, and, and yeah. keeping it fresh. You know, like yeah, like how you were saying, you gotta have a, a twin fin in the quiver and a and a thruster and a fun guy and a mid shape. I think surfers also need to have a little bit of different shapers in that mix as well. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I think it's it's hard to for one surfer to ride that same. You know, a lot of shapers would be against what I say, but I think it's important to mix it up and, and know what else is out there. Yeah. Massively, like especially if you're at the top of your game, I think it's awesome to sort of Yeah. But, but just, it's also hard if if you're 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 on tour and you're going back to back to back contests and you just need to know what works and what you don't really have that time to experiment. But you know but it's like at a time right now where there's no events, what a time wow. to experiment for these guys. Yeah. yeah. I think that's only gonna when the tour does come back, it's going to be so exciting to see the first couple of events and see how everyone's surfing. Yeah, yeah. people are going to be frothing. Margo, yeah. Margo, yeah. I I have the most incredible idea you've ever heard in your life right now. Okay? Are you ready for this, Margo? Ready. Okay. You've heard of Stab in the Dark. Yeah. What about Margot, Micah, Late Night with Chalky, 
Stab in the dark. Whoa. What? Rip those guys off, dude, for sure. What? Are you kidding me? We should... Okay, Margo, you have clout. You need to call Stab, that Simon guy. or what is his name Simon? The guy that runs it? Yeah. You should yeah. call him and say, hey, we need to do a Margo, Micah, Late Night with Chalky, Stab in the Dark, Get Pizel, Get Matt Biolis, Get Chalice, <laughs> and we do the Stab in the Dark. What do you think about that? That sounds amazing. <laughs> Let's do it. We'll, we'll, we'll release it. We'll have everybody, you know, vote in and tell them to uh, to, to to tag and comment Stab in the Dark. Right? Yeah. How sick would that be if they did a father and son, a Micah and Margo? Margo and Micah fucking Stab in the Dark. That would be insane. That would be epic. Right? Because so that, that's never been done. That concept of, of stab in the dark, you know, and these it's guys. really cool. Yeah. yeah. They do yeah, to go away on a boat trip and uh, with a bunch of different boards, that's for sure. Oh, man. <laughs> I, of, of one of the, yeah, seriously, right? I would love to try a Pizel. I, I feel like Pizels would work for me, but. <laughs> just saying, just burn it out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, we're looking for sponsorships on this show. You know, obviously, like, any shit that wants to throw boards our way, we, we love you. Dude, Stamps makes killer boards. We love them. I love them. Uh, Doc makes killer boards. We love them. But a Pizel would be sick to ride. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's, we're, we're going to come up with a petition. Margo, Micah, Late Night with Chalky, Stab in the Dark. There you go. <laughs> love that. We threw it out in the universe. Yeah, I can't ride your six fours, but I could probably do like a six... One or two. <laughs> no, you got, you got to do six two, 18 and a quarter. Oh, two and a quarter. My, my, my son watches, we watch some old footage, and he's like, Dad, why are you on such a long board? Like, the weights aren't even that big. It's so funny, huh? It's so good. Why is that board? Like, it's got, it looks like it's got so much, like, why is it nose still pointed up? And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. It's a classic, huh? It's so funny. So, Margo, have you... um? Besides surfing, have you tried any of the extracurricular, like kite surfing or foiling or any of those other things? No, I haven't tried anything different now. I just stand up paddleboard. I've tried stand up paddleboarding. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. Um, never tried a foil. Um, kite surfing looks amazing. To yeah. Try, but I've never been in a position to try that. But no, not yeah. really. Yeah. Like just normal. Surfing. Nice. <laughs> no, that's good. I do get, I love, I love getting on a longboard though, every now and then. I find that it's just when it's really small. Yeah. There's no effort required on the body. Surfing small waves is hard work now. So um, if it's one foot and I haven't surfed in a while, I'll get out there on a longboard and have a ball. Whatever gets you out there, it's all matters. Exactly. Have you, uh, have you done any of the, uh, are you part of one of the board riders clubs? Uh, I was, I've just moved, I was living in a little town just half an hour south of where I live now, Akira, uh, called Cabarita, and I uh, was in the local board riders there for a few mm, years. Nice. Uh, a cool little community, every, you know, first Sunday of the month, you know, barbecues down the beach. And That's so awesome. And for the young guys, and yeah, it was, it was epic, so... I do miss that actually, but then because of what's happening in the, you know, at the moment, coronavirus, it's not happening, and it is the season for board riders. Um, 
But yeah, I was in my local Cabarita border. I just sick. Six years. Yeah. It was um, beautiful thing for the community and bringing you know everyone together and volunteering was super cool. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah we 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 love the community involvement, the generation of you know uh, surfers getting together and, and just sharing the stove for sure. It's important. It's the roots, you know. That's what we've always been involved with, with um, and it's good to see. We've got to keep that going with, you know, our generation now too to yeah. show, you know, everyone's committed down the beach and helping the young kids out, and still uh, keeping the fire in the belly for those older senior men's. You know, they still want to get out there and have that competitiveness in yeah. their blood, <laughs> let out some steam. <laughs> still in there. Just got to find it. Got the fire. It's in there. <laughs> Who who do you uh, who do you hang out and surf with in in your local area right now? Any anybody that uh, we know? Have you, Linda, have you seen Kara? I think everybody. <laughs> everybody now, you know, I think you have to surf with anybody. They're already out there. <laughs> yeah, so true. Um, yeah, I pretty much live in the world's most crowded surf spot. Um, so. Don't really need to go. Patrol, <laughs> <laughs> you got a buddy or two that you call up, or your son, or yeah. Well, like I said, I still love traveling back to where I lived. It's only like twenty-five minute half an hour drive, um, and get on some open beach breaks. But I usually surf with my friend Justin Gaines. He films pulses. Yeah, there's quite a bit. Um, Neil Purchase, good friend of mine. Wow. So usually Purcha, Gainey, and another friend Josh. Four of us usually hook up and surf. That's There's cool. Once a week, um, it's always good to reconnect and have a bit of a laugh and fun with those boys. Yeah, so I surf with those guys a bit. Is, yeah. is Aki pretty... living in uh, by you at all, or? Aki lives at Snapper. Okay. Yeah, he's busy doing his. I see Aki little bits and pieces now, not as much. His birthday was just the other week, and I went around there the other night, had a bit of a laugh with him. Nice. But uh, I don't see up that much. Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny because, you know, the older you get, everyone's just busy doing their own thing. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I caught up with well, Nathan Hedge, uh, Mick Benning, Troy Brooks. Who else was Sick. there? Just a couple of the older boys. Well, they're younger than me. But um, we caught up for Hedge's birthday at, um, off the wall at D-Bar. We all met at like 6.30 in the morning and just took over. <laughs> awesome. Session for the few guys around there but it was just fun to connect with a couple of those guys yeah catch up with Mick again and and Parco came out too so it was um, if someone would have filmed that session oh my god there's some ripping going just on no kidding dude that would be a good Parco still riding a twinny and riding something different he said he hadn't surfed a conventional board since he you know finished you know since he retired on tour how he funny riding something different yeah yeah so, He's in cruise mode, you know, just wants to, yeah, no, no, no jersey on, just out for the fun of it. Exactly. So it's sort of, um, but he's obviously still ripping. Oh, for sure. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mr. Smooth, come on. That guy is on it for sure. Well. Yeah, so we always see one of the boys out in the surf or, or so, so it's good. But Dray Bar's a funny place. You can, if you don't sort of have the, you know, narrow, you know, you've got to, you can get chatting to one person, then get chat to another, and then all of a sudden everyone's catching waves and you're sitting out the back, back <laughs> being sociable. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard to keep talking to people. You just want to go out there and catch waves. But I guess if you're a bit lonely and bored, you can go surf 
grandmother snap her in the head. There's always someone there to talk to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, do you show up there and there's still like Tim Cameron's on the beach and guy? Is it still the hot spot? Oh, grandmother is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's always someone. Because yeah. I mean, it picks up a ton of swell. It's wedgie. It's a. I mean, it's an unbelievable fun beach break. But that you know, with the park it's lot the way it is, it's like you're guaranteed to get waves, and it and it's it's. I mean, it's a dream. It is. It's a high performance place, definitely. There's always cameras there, yeah. So it's it's a little mini circus there, but if funny enough, if Snapper is good around the corner, as soon as the swell is east, it can be like everyone just gets that mindset of going to Snapper and Drambuck. It only be like 20 guys out along the whole stretch, which is yeah. not a lot of guys, and you can get some plenty of waves still out there. Yeah. If you time it right. And you like to go over over the river and get a little less crowded. Yeah, <laughs> you know that, Jay. <laughs> I know the spots. Yeah. I need to, I need to come back. You do. When this COVID hasn't changed. Hasn't right. changed. Yeah. How long has it been since you've been over in Oz? Twenty years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's I still have not been to Oz. That's one of my bucket list. Check. I got to check that off. Yeah. Well, uh, when we do the uh, stab in the dark, Margo, Micah, late night with Chalky, we'll we're going to mentalize, and then on the way back, we'll we'll do the second half of the stab in the dark in Australia. Do the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> we're on to it. If we're gonna dream, we're gonna dream big. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? I love it. Well, anything else? I mean, what do you you know? Anything else, uh, you know, you want to tell our fabulous listeners about your your life and your your where you're at and where you're going? Not much. I'm just um, very happy and content with my life at the moment. Um, yeah, and surfing pretty much more than I have for a long yeah. time. Yeah. And always, yeah, I'm trying to push it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was stoked that, uh, you know, my friend Dave, who's Sauve, watches, right? He's the one that connected us, uh, Dave Bonaventura. Um, yes. And when he told me, he goes, hey, how about doing a, a thing with a, a podcast with Margo? And I'm like, how do you know Margo? And he's like, oh, you know, we, we connected on, on something. And I, you know, I've given him watches before. Uh, uh, you know, you want me to hit him up? I'm like, hell yeah, I want you to hit, hit him up. And then when he said that you were uh, down for it, I was like, dude, that's insane. So, you yes, know, um, it was uh, it was great, like connecting with you and, and talking about you and, and uh, your your wealth of history and surfing. I mean, you know, your, your generation of surfers and, the, and and what you get you guys did in, in the Billabong, Bunyip Dreaming and Green Iguana and, you know, Sons of Fun, those things will, you know, help, they help progress surfing. And, and Margo is definitely one of the icons of, of uh, power surfing. And we, we were stoked to have you on the show. No, uh, thank you for having me on the show. Um, it's an honor. It's yeah. uh, too cool. Yeah. Um, I, love to catch up. I haven't really done many interviews for many years, and it's nice to you guys to think of me. Uh, yeah. Well, after this, you're going to have sponsors calling you. You're back on tour. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And we're going to make this. You know, we're going to make the stab in the dark happen, Margo. We're going to make it happen. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, well, thanks, guys. Yeah, man. I'm gonna hit you up. Uh, I'm gonna hit you up for some old photos and video clips so we can promote it this next week. Yeah, 
Cool, man. No worries. Thank you so Thanks much for uh, spending time with us, man. Keep ripping. I'm, I'm going to keep following all your coolness on your uh, your page. So keep posting. Cheers, Jay. Right. Thank Bye you. Thanks so much. All right, man. Okay. Peace. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Cheers. All good. So hit me up with um, whatever you need. Perfect. Okay. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. See you, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.